0: Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction, so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun- functional issues, problems like that. Or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes or just build one new home in its place and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. And when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that and you can send us a message and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this. And hopefully we What's up, everybody out there in listener land? This is episode 82 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're back this week. We have a really cool show for you, but I'll be honest. I had to re-record this intro because we had some technology issues. Uh, It's been 82 episodes, or this is the 82nd episode, so it's been 81 episodes, I should say, where we didn't have any technological snafus. Well, we had one, and so at the beginning of this interview... Skype decided to uh, kind of uh, do whatever it wanted to do, and it lost the initial 10 to 15 minutes of our intro and our interview with a wonderful individual that agreed to come on the show. So I feel terrible for that, but it's still got a, a ton of great information, and I think you guys out there in listener land will get a great feel for our guest and his story and what it is that he does, even with the remaining you know, approximately half hour worth of uh, interview that we have here. So the individual that we're interviewing on this week's show is Matt Tursic, and he's a member of Lux Platinum Properties based out of the Lake Oswego area, which a friend of the show, Terry Sprague, who was on here, oh, probably a year ago or so, He's one of our first guests, was on the show as well, and uh, he's a great guy also. So he works with Terry, and uh, they've got an office down in Lake Oswego, and the majority of his business is done in Lake Oswego, as you'll hear in the interview. But he's got a really cool story, and I think you guys are going to really dig listening to him and uh, just listening to how he's built his business. He's been in the business for uh, going on about four years now, which, uh, you know, thinking back, you know, me and Steve have both been in the business for probably going on 15 years now. But it's cool to hear the story of somebody who's newer to the business but is also doing some really cool things things and has built out a great business in a very short amount of time comparatively to, uh, you know, Steve and I, who I guess would be old timers in comparison. (laughs) So anyway, I know you guys are going to really like this interview again. I apologize for cutting off the first few minutes, but, uh, you know, I guess we're allowed to have one technological snafu after about 82 episodes, right? So hopefully you guys forgive us. One more thing before we jump into our interview with Matt that I wanted to mention to everybody who's listening. We are personally looking to hire uh, another individual on our team here who wants to work with our TTM brand. We're looking to hire a retail listing agent and somebody who can work with a lot of the leads that we generate internally that may not fit our model in terms of buy, renovate, resell or buy, redevelop and build and sell. And so we get a lot of leads that come into our business each and every day that are more suited for kind of a retail listing or, or somewhere around a retail listing. Maybe they're not completely retail ready, but they're also not a complete fixer or a teardown or anything that needs redevelopment. And so we're looking to add somebody to our team who we can basically feed these leads to each and every day, and you can go chase them down and uh, try and turn them into listings. And so if you're interested in that, please reach out to us. You know, we'll put a link in the show notes page so that you can uh, reach out to us, but you can also uh, give us a call here at the office and talk to us. Just look us up, TTM Development Company, and we'd love to chat with you and see if it's a good fit, but we're looking to hire somebody here pretty soon, so if anybody out there is listening and uh, it sounds like a good situation where you can work with really just a bunch of dudes in the office here that are chasing down leads every day, but we're looking to build out the retail side of our business, so reach out to us if that at all sounds interesting to you. Now, without further ado, let's get into our interview with myself. My co-host, Mr. Steve Nassar, and our interviewee, Mr. Matt Tursick.
1: So on the, on the columns on the left going down, we've got every listing. On the columns across the top going to the right, we've got every step in the process. And you're right. There's a lot of things you don't do on each listing, but that's okay. You just put N.A. on that box. At least it triggers you to remember, hey, should I do this? It triggers the question versus you know flying by the seat of one's pants and, and, and trying to figure, you know, remember everything, which, which is basically freehanding every, every listing. What I love about systems is you you create that system, even though it's just you, then as you start to ramp up and are really, really busy, you can hire someone on, bring them on, and it's really easy to split up the tasks. Hey, I'm the green boxes, you're the blue boxes, and you just start going through and figuring out which jobs they're gonna do, and now you're both looking at the same thing and working off that same structure. You can do that multiple times over as you add different people. Let's chat about activities you're doing consistently, Matt, to add fuel to your business here and now today. You mentioned open houses. I know from talking to Terry, he's big on open houses, on high-end properties. I, I have learned a lot from him, and actually, Joel Lewis uh, in our office has talked a lot about that, and I've been doing trying to do more and more of those myself. What else are you doing to get new business?
2: Well, yeah, I was going to give you a compliment, actually, on your Meadowlark listing. I was out showing houses and see your signs all over the neighborhood uh, doing the open house. And then I'd pull up the phone and see you're in Seattle on Facebook (laughs) and and have your team holding the house open. But uh, I actually stopped at the open house and you had great activity and and your team there was very professional and how they handled it. So I'm looking at guys like you and figuring out you know, what I can do better. And Terry's been a great example too. He's always been encouraged me uh, to hold my listings open, to hold his listings open, of course. And what I've learned by doing that is to how to better have conversations with potential buyers. Everyone who walks into an open house is a potential buyer. I pay $250 a lead on Zillow to have that conversation, but I can go to an open house and potentially have 10 of them. And a lot of the same principles apply. You know, I, I've got to add value to that conversation. So, you know, for instance, I, I took this listing in first edition, it was five seventy-five, it was a teardown, but I knew every sort of setback, what you could build, cost per foot of building, and met someone at that open house that held this teardown open and sold them on the process of building a custom home. So we're now in the design phase with uh, Kurt Olson, a local architect, and bidding that project out. Meanwhile, I have their house listed in West Lynn, and I just closed on a townhome with that same client. So by, I guess, aligning myself at those open houses as an expert in the real estate field, I've been able to add value. Another great way to add value is if you're doing an open house in the neighborhood, call the other listing agents in the neighborhood, figure out you know, how activity has been on their listing, if they have anything coming up potentially, uh, that's always a good way to, I guess, get someone to give you their contact information and allow you to follow up with a pocket listing. So Mm -hmm. those are always good to have.
0: I've got two amazing houses coming
1: up, Matt. So uh, (laughs) I'll let you know where
0: those are. They're on. on They'll they'll be done uh, at the end of the summer. So
1: Are you getting a lot of referral business now, Matt? Or is it, are you still a little... You're definitely not getting repeat business probably yet, which...
2: Actually, that's funny you say that this year, including a couple that are off-market and currently pending, are just repeat business. So I think because of the clientele I'm servicing, they have investment properties. They like to move. They see something else, you know, cool, shiny, a good view come up, they're okay selling it and moving. So. You know, I good point. Ask them, it, it hey, did I sell you, did I, did I put you into the wrong home last year? They're like, no, no, not, not at all. We just like this one better. And I know that I still did a good job because they're coming back to me and asking me to A, what, what can they get for that house now? Hopefully it's enough to cover my fees. Right. And B, how to negotiate the best deal on that house that they want to move into. So I've got a lot of repeat business, probably more so than referral base.
0: You know, it's a funny story, Matt. So the people, when we built our Street of Dreams house way back before you actually were in the business, it seems crazy now that that was that long ago, but 2013, the buyers for our house, I believe their agent actually worked for Terry at the time and they may still, I don't remember exactly which agent it was, but uh, the point is, is that they bought Polish's Street of Dreams house the year before yeah. and they saw ours and they didn't dislike Polish's Street of Dreams house. They just saw what they liked and they wanted it. And so they moved and they bought ours. And then they had funny thing. They just reached out to me last week and they were like, Hey, if you're ever selling your house that you just built, let us know. Cause we want to buy it. Right. So it's the not, one you're living in. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's boy. not like these people are, you know, you sold them into a bad house or anything like, like Matt said, when you have the means and you see something that maybe you like a little better, you can make it happen. You know?
1: Yeah. I'll tell you the promised land is coming Matt from my experience around year four The repeats really starts to pick up and around five and six, you really start to feel it. And that, I mean, those appointments, I got to tell you, it's just night and day from, you know, I've done a lot with Zillow, so you can relate those appointments you're going, there's four other people and and you might get it, but you know, you're working your tail off, you're, you're on your A game, you're brushing your hair, you're brushing your teeth, you're, you know, you're listening to, to the rock music, pumping yourself. I'm just kidding. I think that was on a movie somewhere, but you're going there and, and you know, there's, there's just that, that headwind that you're, you're up against those calls that start to come in, you know, for agents who've done a good job and really focused on the process and the experience for the clients and, and did a good job. Those calls are so different. I mean, just hey, hey Steve, we're thinking about doing something new. Here's what we want. Can you come over Saturday and check out our place? We've done a few things since you since we bought it. it. You know, it's just so comfortable. It's so relaxed. It's so carefree, and it's exciting. And it really it really adds a whole new element of momentum to your business. So get excited for that. How long were you in the business, Matt, before you felt like, hey, you know, I've got I, I've got this figured out. I'm gonna make it. And Along those lines, were were there some big oopses and blunders along the way, like most agents have?
2: Yeah, I'd actually say, you know, I'm still not there. You know, I sold my first lake house last year, and I thought that was going to be a pivotal moment. But every day I wake up, I still want to know where that next deal is coming from. And I've become almost addicted to that deal. And I love the negotiation, the back and forth, and uh, really pride myself in representing my seller or buyer in that moment so you know every day i'm constantly learning and there's been plenty of mistakes along the way and i can give you an example of one that happened in um late 2016 where was a new construction deal where I, i sold a couple he was building before the recession got out right in that time like a lot of people did and wanted to get back in the game so i i had him on a list of people who i would call for lots and this one came up in west lynn that was burnt down to the foundation. I sold him this, this, this lot for 300,000. He built a beautiful 4,500 square foot home. Um, it was kind of like a project between him and his girlfriend. And we listed it probably around the sheetrock phase. I think it was 1395. And this was the first project they had done in a while. And we ended up getting an offer within the first week and went back and forth. Got a really good number on that counter offer. And they called me up and said, hey, that's our number. We want to take it. And so I was a little um, trigger happy and just shot over the DocuSign from my phone then and there. Little did they know, I knew it because I read the, the counter. But there is a bullet point right underneath the price that said seller to cover $25,000 in closing costs and prepayments. And somehow, you know, I, I just assumed they read that. But. I felt partly responsible because I did not have that conversation with them and clearly outlined the implications of what that meant. And so I ended up splitting that out of my commission. And I, I did that because- This was a $300,000 $300,
1: lot, did you
0: say? I'm well, sorry. $1.4 million finished new construction. Yeah, so
2: one point, oh, Okay. So luckily my commission was big enough to split something like that.
0: Got right? it, got so, it.
2: So far in my career, my commission's been able to cover any sort of mistakes. But just being willing to take ownership and uh, step up and admit that, hey, I had a role in that, I think goes a long way. And from here on out, you know, that's like a twelve thousand five hundred dollar mistake that I'm not going to forget.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a. I gotta applaud you for doing that. I also want to punch the guy who made you pay it because if he was at all in real estate, he should have. I mean, that's like a pretty obvious thing to be like. Yeah. Did they ask for closing costs and prepaids? Yes or no? Okay, let's keep going down the contract. But that aside, you're quite the guy for for splitting that with him. I, I gotta give you props for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's a big one. That's a big one. I think th- I think the biggest mistake you can make in real estate. Well, and that that's a that's a costly one, but is selling one house to two people. <laughs> yeah. that's, I hear that's bad. That too.
2: I've,
1: I've never done that, but I hear it's bad. <laughs> I wanted to ask you too, Matt, do you see yourself going into the development side of things, building, uh, dabbling there, or is that something that you just are gonna leave to your dad and you're, you're laser focused on real estate?
2: It's a great question. I've definitely dabbled with him so far. I'm part owner in an LLC that we've got two specs going right now. One's in Dunthorpe, and then one's on Wembley Park that I mentioned. Building specs is one thing, and I think we really enjoyed doing that. I've learned a lot about putting the financing in place to do those projects. That includes some creative financing where you're, you're doing promissory notes, finding private hard money lenders. We've also done deals where we didn't necessarily own the property, but we had a contract on the property and done a simultaneous close and use someone else's money to buy the property and keep the difference. So we've gotten pretty creative on that side, as well as partitioning properties. We're doing a partition on Sunningdale right now that should finally record in a week or two. So I, I've learned the, the pains that go into that and the expense goes into it. And then from the custom building side that you know he, my dad's handled, I've also learned that, you know, that relationship with that that client who's building a house, that's like a 12 to 18 month relationship where you're constantly going through ups and downs. And I don't know if that is necessarily my goal. If we could do just purely spec or remodel stuff uh, for investment, that would be something that I'd love doing on the side in the future. And we've done a little bit, like I said, so far.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. two entirely different businesses, you know, servicing custom home
1: uh, clients versus doing your own investments. I mean, it's it might as well be night and day, really. Yeah, and I, and I I think it's it's great to to focus on one. I think it's awesome that your dad is very involved in the other, and and you guys can help each other and and collaborate and be very symbiotic in your relationship that way. So. Let's chat about your goals for the future and your biggest opportunities and greatest challenges. I think you said your greatest challenge, right? Was your time, your, your, you know, being compressed for time. I think that's what it was. What are your, some of your biggest opportunities right now?
2: So yeah, goal going into this year was doing 25 million. I feel like my greatest opportunity is servicing those clients that I'm working with right now. I have seven listings and three of them are above one And I know that, you know, if I do a good job for those three, if I do a good job for every single one of them, that's going to turn into future business. It's going to propel my, you know, 2019 and the years forward. So I view each listing really as a great opportunity. And yeah, you touched on it. The greatest challenge is figuring out how, how to leverage myself and scale so I can serve more clients like that.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know what, Matt, you, you touched on something that I want to, I want to expound on because I teach this all the time to our agents and it's challenging for new agents. What, what I teach is, Hey, the best way to get listings is first and foremost, do a great job on the ones you have and then make everyone in the vicinity, every homeowner in the vicinity of it, very aware of yeah. your presence, what you're doing and ultimately your success when, when that happens, hopefully it happens. And So I would echo what you said now, three and a half years into your career, you do have those great opportunities that you can leverage and, and, and do a great job for. And Tucker, I've always said, make your listings have babies, right? That's, (laughs) you know, it sounds, it sounds simple today, but you know, for newer agents, that is the catch 22. They just don't have listings. And so you're, you're trying to teach them to, to get listings, which is much more difficult because they're trying to gain that trust from people who to earn that trust, you kind of have to have some experience and that's, that's kind of the catch 22 of getting into the business. So you've crossed that hump is what I hear you saying. And you have the trust of, of those, those sellers and listings and you're able to leverage that to get in on new ones. So.
2: And I wanted to touch on one more thing to get to that point. You know, I think how, how I got a lot of these listings was getting creative. So if I, got in a situation where through my network uh, maybe they they wanted to have a conversation but they didn't think i was experienced enough that's when i was able to bring in like a guy like terry and say terry let's come to this listing appointment we'll we'll co-list this i'll do all the work you're going to be that you know voice of of reason you know if we should need it and that extra uh, experience that's going to give you know our seller comfort and so i've done that multiple times with different agents other ones you know including ones that I'm co-marketing a property right now in Goodall with the Chinese broker because they wanted international experience and they thought you know if we could advertise to the Chinese buyer specifically that's the route they wanted to take and I was able to find one that I've partnered with in the past I've done deals with and it've gone well and I said hey would, would you be willing to come in here and sit down on this listing appointment with me
1: cool good stuff Matt, let's go on to the next question. What advice would you give to newer agents who are listening to this show? Maybe ones that are even in their first year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd advise them to you know work hard, put in the hours, do open houses. Like I said, when you're doing an open house, don't just show up. Do some homework. Figure out if there's other listings coming up in the neighborhood that you could potentially show these people. If it's potentially a teardown, reach out to the builders, learn the building codes, be a student of the game. Also start your database from day one and start recording all these conversations because it's funny how things come full circle in a couple of years. I've done that to a certain extent and I'm doing a better job of it now. And I can look back and see all these missed opportunities that I made along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's going to happen. I'd also say, don't get distracted by all the shiny, you know, regen or websites and um, pick up the phone. Because it's ultimately conversations that are going to result in sales. And while some of those ultimately help you create conversations, the best way to do it is meeting people face to
1: face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. And if you were going to go back to yourself when you were just getting your license and hitting the ground in the business what are things you know today and, and and maybe it's some of the same stuff you just said and, and if so that's okay you can you can let us know that but what are the things you would say to yourself that you know now that you didn't know then
2: I would say you know reach out to as many people in the business as possible and just ask them out for coffee try to get good good mentors who have been there done that and study each his business, uh, best practices and try to implement as many of those, um, in your own
0: style that you can.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think this was a great
0: interview. I'm glad that we got our technical difficulties worked out. I think uh, Matt had a lot of really good insight and, uh, it's, it's interesting, right, Steve? Cause we've been in this business for a while. We've ridden the roller coaster up, down, sideways, all around. And so it's, it's cool to take a step back and kind of look at somebody else's journey you know getting into it you know that maybe is a little newer but has a lot of experience under their belt with the amount of time that they've been in it so it, it, it's always cool to hear that
1: yeah and I, and I want to just say to Matt and I want to tell our listeners I mean Matt you know he may have a little advantage with his dad but gosh I can't tell you how many other people I know one of my good friends growing up I won't say a name and but and I don't think he listens to this podcast but his dad was a builder as well. And I was in the lending side of things in 04, 05, and, and his family was really taken off building homes. They're not in the metro area. They're they're a little bit south. And I kept encouraging him. I was a lender. I was like, get your license, get your license, help. You know, this is a huge opportunity. And he, he started the process and he never actually got licensed. He just didn't have the drive. He works with the family business and, you know, he didn't have that work ethic. He didn't have that drive. And, and I think there was other attributes and skill sets he didn't have as well in, in hindsight. So Matt, you've taken a little bit of an opportunity and, and kudos to you. I mean, that you know, everybody has some opportunity. I came into the business with eight years of mortgage experience. Um, it sounds like you had a little bit yourself and some contacts from that. And just a good, I hit the ground running on day one, knowing how a transaction goes. Right. And most, most new agents don't have that. So I've had I've had my fair of opportunities too. Now, is is that exactly the only reason that I've done well? No. I mean, it takes, it takes blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, that first year, the hardest I ever worked in, in real estate was that first year. I remember days in the first months, because I didn't have anyone else helping me, where I was working from probably six or seven in the morning till eight or nine at night writing paperwork and I'm terrible at paperwork, by the way, doing, just doing, wearing, <laughs> I never, paper, I never would have got that <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wearing every hat imaginable in the business. And I was fortunate to be able to systematize what I was doing and then start adding some people to help with that. And you know, the, the last thing I wanted to say about that, cause I was talking about, you know, build your systems, then add your people that might seem obvious at a glance but you'd be surprised how many people add people and then try to figure out the system so they just have a bunch of warm bodies around and they're all bumping into each other not knowing what to do by taking first and going here's here's the tasks that need to happen on the buy side here's the tasks that need to happen on the list listing side systematizing them and doing them yourself consistently then it becomes really easy to add people and start delegating those those tasks so Anyways, congratulations on your success, Matt. I look forward to seeing you around in the business, and I, I know this is just the beginning for you, and it'll be awesome to, to see what you do from here. And by the way, congratulate Terry for that awesome listing in Westland he just got. I saw that all over Facebook. I've known about that property for years. Did you hear about that, Tucker? Yeah, I put a bid
0: in for $800,000. we will see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: Probably going to cost $5 million to finish at least. Yeah, yeah my-
0: no, I, I saw it. It's, it's crazy. The uh, uh the, the Waddles used to live around the corner from my folks before they hit it real big and before they they busted, obviously, too. But, yeah, it's a, it's a monstrosity of a
1: house that uh, needs to be finished out. And so for the right buyer, it'll be uh, an amazing place, I'm sure. My joke is I think Reed Hastings of Netflix is going to buy it. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, so... Cool. Well, I, uh, the show I think
0: was an awesome one. Like I said before, Matt, it's great to hear your journey. I'm sure we will be engaged in a transaction together at some point being that we both work like Oswego, you know, pretty thoroughly. And, uh, I'm sure Steve, you know, with the eight gazillion listings you have out there, maybe the few that you have in Lake Oswego, you guys might cross paths again and you can conspire against the nasty buyers of the world that write offers and then disappear for a week and, and get your cl- uh, client's expectations up before they rip their heart out. So, <laughs> but, uh, well, thanks for joining us, Steve, any, uh, final words of wisdom or thanks for our guest.
1: Thanks again, Matt. Oh, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, down the road, I, I look forward to running into you and let's swap some, some success stories and, you know, things we've learned along the way. I think we, we could each help each other a lot. So
0: thank absolutely. you. absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate thank it. You bet. Fantastic. All right, guys, this episode 82 wrapping up. We'll see you on the next one.